Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. And I'm going to do this morning what I did last Sunday morning, what I don't finish now. I'll just have a little bit to finish in the second service, so if you'll just stay with me, we can spread this out. And um, may the Lord touch us together. The book of Luke, chapter 11 and verse number one. Are you glad you're in church today? Amen. Amen. The Bible says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Today I want to draw uh, my subject and continue on with, in continuing with this from a portion of verse number two, and that is thy kingdom come. And so our prayer today is that the Lord would help us to have a sense of kingdom mindedness. Amen. It's very, very easy in the selfish society that we live in to just kind of let life be all about us. And, and, and therefore, uh, every spiritual aspect of our life can then become us-centered. We can worship if it's a song that we like. We can pray if it's a season that we like and so on. But if the Lord would help us to have a sense of kingdom-mindedness, then I believe that we could reach beyond just this local church or beyond just any local assembly or and or organization and realize that there is the kingdom of God that is at hand and there is a kingdom cause that we must invest ourselves in and so we have to pray and live beyond the here and now. The subject of our day is gonna be centered around the phrase thy kingdom come. The Greek word for the word kingdom here does not primarily refer to some geographical territory but it refers to sovereignty or dominion. And so thy kingdom come is not necessarily talking about a geographical spot or a tangible kingdom, but let the sovereignty or the dominion of the spirit and the power of God come. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And so when we pray, we are when we pray thy kingdom come, we're asking God to, to rule on earth. Let his will be accomplished in not just my life and your life, but in the world at large. Let the spirit and the will of God. That ought to be to the desire, I believe, of every born-again believer 
it ought to be our desire to have a sense of kingdom awareness. Um, now, we've all been in a service probably where we were so preoccupied with other things and we saw the presence of the Lord moving and we heard people saying things akin to, uh, doesn't it feel good to feel the presence of the Lord when we didn't feel anything, right? I've certainly been in that place by way of confession. I've, I've seen tangible evidence of the presence of God. I've seen tears in the eyes of people that were worshiping and magnifying the Lord and and uh, I was so distracted and so removed from that just due to whatever circumstances may have been going on in my life at the time until when I heard somebody say it feels good to feel the presence of the Lord. And when I didn't feel that presence, I realized in a moment's time that I had been disconnected from that kingdom of God. Amen. There's a, there's a much larger purpose, and I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to sound too strange this morning, but there's a much larger purpose than just the membership of Hatchbend Apostolic Church coming together at this 10 o'clock hour. Amen. There's, there's something very powerful that happens. Uh, many things. Uh, the list would be much, much too exhaustive to go through here today. But I preached a few, uh, a few weeks ago about uh, setting their hope about the generation that's following us. And when we are mindful of the things of God, how we are not just working for us today, but we're setting the hope, and I won't even say inadvertently, but we're setting the hope quite intentionally for a generation that is to follow us. And so what we're doing here today is we're not just showing up to be present and counted for. Now, at some point in this service before we all leave, uh, someone's going to uh, be looking over this congregation and, and uh, we have a church roster and somebody's going to be checking your name off or uh, et cetera. We're going to be keeping up with the attendance of our church, but our goal is not just to have a check mark beside our name, right? Our, our goal is not just to show up so we can be counted for as a warm body, but there is, there's something very powerful and supernatural that is even taking place by very, the very virtue of our being here. It ought to be our desire then that God would help us to have a kingdom awareness, a kingdom awareness. I've often said that it is so easy for, for worldliness or carnality to infiltrate the church. It is very, very easy for that to happen. I, I marvel at how quickly we can be spiritual and then slide to carnal. That is our nature, and so we have to push and pull against that nature. Brother Jerry Dean recently said something that I hope I never forget. He said, if we don't emphasize something, by default, we de-emphasize it. Now think about that just a moment. If we don't emphasize something, by, by the very nature of the beast, we de-emphasize it. And so I, I'm going to always be talking about the value of being faithful to the house of God. And uh, those of you that are faithful, those of you who are here every time you possibly can be, I'm not talking to you. But if I, de if I just stop mentioning it, if we don't emphasize the importance of coming to church, if we don't emphasize the importance of worship, if we don't emphasize the importance of unity, and on and on and on, by the fact of not emphasizing that, we de-emphasize it. And we, we cause people to just slide into neutral that it's no big deal. But it is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And so uh, to, to Brother Dean's statement, I say amen. 
and uh, I, all you have to do is allow carnality uh, and worldliness to creep into the, all you have to do to allow carnality and worldliness to creep into the church is just stop emphasizing meaningful time in prayer. If you just don't talk about it, then you de-emphasize that. All you have to do is just stop mentioning the value of serious and sober times of us personally studying the scripture for ourselves, not just when the preacher's standing behind the pulpit and we're in a a, a corporate service. We um, can never stop emphasizing the value of sacrificially giving of our resources, whatever that may be, our finance, our time, our talent, our ability. And uh, when, when we don't, when we no longer emphasize those things, we de-emphasize them. We have to continually talk about giving ourselves to the service of ministry. And so I'm going to talk about it. We're going to promote it. Our department directors are going to talk about it. We're going to encourage people to get involved in outreach, to get involved in inreach, to get involved in whatever that we're doing here as a church. We're going to keep talking about it. That's not to shame people that are disconnected into getting connected. That's not leadership. But if we stop talking about it, then it becomes unimportant to anybody, to no one except whoever's leading that particular that particular department or that particular ministry. And so when something is no longer emphasized, then it is de-emphasized. And, and uh, that's what's happening in so many churches today. People see themselves as too busy to give themselves to just basic Christian disciplines. <clears throat> Amen. And so by doing so, there is a depth of the spirit that is missing. And we need the spirit of God, the anointing of God to touch us. And so we have to think beyond what we're doing here and now and what lives or whose lives we may be touching. The early Christians certainly understood uh, the value and they understood the reality of king rule or the rule of the king. And there is indeed a king that we are called upon to follow. It's not our will, not our agenda, not what we would like to see done, but we have to pray for the will of God, for the season of God. Amen. Uh, You know, there's so many subjects in the Bible. There are so many things that could be taught on or preached on. Um, You can just open the Bible and at random put your finger on a scripture and just begin preaching from there. And and, uh, there there may be an occasion that that would be in order, but I think more importantly, it it is incumbent upon us to seek the will of God for the season of a church. And so I felt prompted of the Lord to start teaching on prayer now Prayer would all it would always be in season. It would always be appropriate to talk about prayer. You you could pull that out of the hat any day, any time of the day. But there is there is uh, there is something in the spirit of this church right now. There's something that's open in the hearts of people right now. And I feel an urgency of God to speak to us about the value and the importance of prayer. We can get all of our programs just right, but if we don't have the anointing of God on our side, we'll fall miserably short. We can have everything organized to the nth degree. And I certainly believe in having organized programs. I think every service ought to be, it ought to run as smoothly as we possibly can. I say all the time, smooth, 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 no matter what. No matter what happens, don't make a big issue of it. Let's just keep everything moving 
forward. It needs to move forward. However, we can have it as smooth and seamless as we want it, but if it is not anointed, it will just be dry and dead and, uh, and unproductive. Hallelujah. We need the, the, the Spirit of God to season what we're doing, and that will happen when God's people pray. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Isn't that a strange, isn't that a strange approach? If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Amen. What is released whenever God's people begin to pray? Oh Lord, help us to realize there is a kingdom. There is a kingdom, there is a kingdom right now that is moving and the, and the spirit is moving and we need to plug ourselves in to that kingdom. We need to know, uh, we need to do more than just hear about the kingdom of God. We have to consider the importance of the kingdom of God to the everyday affairs of our life. Let me assure you that the kingdom of God is worth thinking about. It's worth praying about. It's worth seeking the Lord about. What would you have me to do today? What would you have me to do today? I felt like something happened to me this week that God had orchestrated. It's not something just super, super powerful, but I think that there was, that God had a purpose in it. And, and uh, my particular schedule on this particular day was somewhat interrupted, and I didn't feel frustrated about that because in my heart, I just felt like God was gonna allow my path to cross somebody else. I just felt like God was behind whatever was going on. I'm, I'm just testifying now, I'm not boasting because I've missed it more than I hit it. <laughs> and, and I, but I've just felt like that wherever I am, and so I, uh, I, I, had, to, I had to wait on for a certain appointment, and so, the gentleman said, he said, why don't you just go grab a bite to eat? Well, it wasn't, even on my, it wasn't even on my radar to go eat, but I just started praying, Lord, where would you have me to eat? Where would you have me to go? And I went to a restaurant in this particular city that I had never walked in before in my life, and I sat down. I sat down there thinking, all right, Lord, who, who is it? Where are they? And I, I sat there and, and, and I went through my whole meal, and uh, at the end of the meal, uh, the particular waitress that was helping me was detained with, she had several customers that come in one time, and so my check got very, very delayed, and I was waiting, and, and I was thinking, I, I need to be back at my appointment, and then just something just, just touched my heart and said, this delay, this delay may be part of what God is doing in my life. And so I just thought, well, I'm just gonna take my time. She'll be here when she gets here. And so when she came over, uh, got everything taken care of, and I sat around the restaurant, and nobody walked in. I didn't see any angels. But I still felt like I was in the will of God. And so I began to move, and, and I went down to take care of the, that little order of business, and then my, my wife had asked me to stop by the grocery store and pick up a few things, and I went to the grocery store. Is this it? Is this it? Is this the aisle? Is this where it's gonna happen? It didn't happen. I walked down in the parking lot and I was, I was putting all the groceries in the car and uh, what few little bags we had there of groceries, putting them in the car and all of a sudden I heard somebody say, hey, can you tell me how to get to heaven? Wow. <laughs> and it was 
it was a gentleman that needed encouragement. It was a family that needed encouragement. And now that's really cool when that happens. That was a cool, I, I felt pretty spiritual at the end of all of that. And he wasn't really needing to know how to get to heaven. He is, has the Holy Ghost. They've just been going through a lot of things and, and he just needed somebody to talk to and somebody to connect to at that particular moment. He said that particular statement just to get my attention and it did get my attention. But I thought, what if the waitress had been prompt bringing my check? What if the first business that I went to what if the parts had already been there and they got that taken care of and I was on my way out the door? There was a delay. There was a kingdom cause. I, I hope you realize I'm not on the fence crowing this morning. I'm just testifying that there was a kingdom cause. There was somebody that, that God was trying to align all of these things to intersect at a particular moment in time. And so had one thing that had unfolded in my day, had one thing just been a couple of minutes off, I may have missed that entire opportunity. So I wanna pray. I said all that to say this, that I wanna pray before I leave the house every day. Lord, help me to be sensitive to your will. Help me to be sensitive to your spirit. I know I've got a lot on my plate today. I know you've got a lot on your plate today, but God, there is a kingdom. There is a kingdom cause there's a purpose and I want to get a hold of that purpose and you know what some of you are sitting right now sitting back because you're, this is just getting a little too goofy and a little bit too spooky for you but I'm telling you this is far more than just memorizing the words of amazing grace this is far more than just saying Lord it's just my needs and me and me and me and me and me but Lord help us to be kingdom help us to be kingdom minded let our prayers let our prayers so saturate our heart and spirit that we get a kingdom awareness about what we're doing. We're not just praying for us. We're not just interceding for us. We're not just reaching for me and mine and this church and all this community or these surrounding counties, but it is worth seeking the Lord about. Because not only does the kingdom of God have to do with how we live in our present day culture, but it has everything to do with how we live our everyday practical lives. We have no idea who's going to need us at that particular moment. As a matter of fact, the kingdom of God has everything to do with every aspect of my life. My view of the kingdom affects my relationship with my family. My view of the kingdom affects my relationship with my children. My, my view of the kingdom affects my relationship with my wife. My view of the kingdom affects her relationship with me. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. My view of the kingdom affects my relationship with others. I, I make a, a point that I've often made to our men through the years, so you men have heard this. I'm not trying to beat you up with it. I'm not trying to give your wives ammunition here, but certainly I, I, I believe that it's worth considering. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3 and 7, where it talks about honoring your wife, he, the scripture says, Peter said, honor your wife that your prayers be not hindered. Wow. What? You mean how I treat her affects the kingdom? Sure, sure, sure it does. <laughs> Boy, these ladies are just, just can't wait for church to get over today. I'm gonna, 
No, 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 that's not why I'm mentioning that to you, but what we do affects the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God affects what we do. It is all linked together, and so we must realize that, that I can't act one way and then all of a sudden act another way. I've got to say, Lord, let me be kingdom-minded, kingdom-minded, kingdom-minded every day. You know what the world deserves? They deserve someone with consistency. They deserve someone that loves God with all of their heart, with all of their soul. For Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of, was his priority. The Bible teaches us that Jesus' message was primarily about the kingdom. Matthew 4 and 23, I'll just read this. And Jesus went about Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Again, Matthew records in 4.17 that Jesus preached and declared the kingdom of heaven is near or at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Acts 1 and 3, after his resurrection, Jesus appeared to his followers, followers over, over a 40-day 40 40 period, rather, and spoke about what? The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. I, I, I do not have time to meander too much here this morning, but one of the things that has, I don't pretend to have known Brother J.T. Pugh that well, but certainly my life was influenced by him. There's thousands, tens and thousands of other lives, but one of the things that I've always been intrigued about by those who knew him so well was the fact that he thought so far beyond this life. He preached beyond this, this world. He looked beyond this world. Amen. I, I have shared the story with you about the Lord laying on his heart who would be the next man that would lead the ministries in, in, uh, in Asia. And, and he was so enthralled by that and so, so intense about what God had laid on his heart that when he would make missionary trips over there that he would spend hours at a time standing on the street corner looking for the young man that God had revealed to him in, his, in, in a vision. I know for some that's going, oh my Lord, oh my Lord, we're getting way out here on the left and the left, but hear me today. I think sometimes we're not far enough to the left. <clears throat> Wait a minute, let me, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way, that sometimes we've been so afraid of wildfire that we put out nearly all the fire. But God still works and God still speaks to men. Amen, I mean mankind, not just not the male gender, but God still speaks to mankind and moves and stirs upon their heart. How, oh my Lord, to be kingdom-minded, to realize this is not just about us here and now, but there's something going forth. <laughs> oh, there's something going forth. I feel something just moving out of my spirit today, resonating in my spirit. There's something going forth that's so much larger than what we can see here with our our eyes, what we can feel with our hands. And let me say this as a church, that we can't just plan for tomorrow based on what we see today. We can't just prepare for tomorrow based on what we can put our hands on here today. But there needs to be a kingdom mindedness, a kingdom awareness. Oh, hallelujah, that we say, here we are, God. Here we are, God. We want to be ready, not getting ready when you come, not getting ready when you move, not getting ready when you speak, but we want to be ready. Hallelujah. In fact, 129 times in 129 verses in the, of the Gospels alone, we find the word kingdom or kingdoms. 
the kingdom is certainly a, the priority, was the priority for Jesus Christ. Therefore, we can ill afford to overlook it. And so as a church, we must be eminently aware of a kingdom purpose as we move forward. As a church, we emphasize structure. As a church, we emphasize program. As we do that because we believe in the overall value of structure. We believe in the overall value of planning. <clears throat> I've seen it both ways. I've lived it both ways. Trust me. Trust me. You would rather it be planned. You would rather it have structure. You would rather it have purpose. And so we do that because we believe in that. But not only do we need to understand how to do it, we must also understand why we do it. The, the why is found in understanding the kingdom of God. We want to be structured. We want an environment where the spirit, I'm not talking about structuring God out, of course, but we want a structure that is not so confused that God will back away because he's not the author of confusion. So we want to be structured enough in that what we present him is a worthy sacrifice. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, a worthy sacrifice. But as you have seen and experienced many, many times, when the spirit of God wants to interrupt, we're all for it. Amen, we are all for it. At, at the close of the book of Acts, we find the apostle Paul preached the kingdom of God. He taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul preached both the kingdom and the king. So today I would like for us to look at the message of the kingdom and its kingdom, and its king rather, and then let us have a sincere goal, a purpose, an end result that we can leave this place more kingdom-minded than we have ever been. I'm gonna tell you, shame, I'm ashamed to say this, but it's the truth. Many, many, for many, many people, too many people, church begins at 10 and ends at amen. And then it begins again at 7.30 and it ends at amen. And then somehow, somehow we just dive in and out uh, of, the, of the, the worship service and the preaching and on and on and on. But I'm gonna tell you that we need to be so kingdom minded that what happens Sunday at 10 is just, we just come together. Amen, we just come together to fulfill what we've been thinking about and praying about and seeking God about. We're gonna come back on Wednesday night. That's just part of it. It doesn't end and begin or begin and end with those things, but it's just a part of what we do. Praise the Lord. So in order to understand the implications of the kingdom as it relates to my life, I must first define what the kingdom of God is. Simply stated, the kingdom of God as I mentioned a moment ago, is the dominion of God or the rule of God. Now, these are terminologies and words that a lot of people today in our liberated society just abhor because they don't want anybody to rule in their lives. They don't want anybody. As a matter of fact, I've heard, I've never been confronted with this because I wouldn't participate in that, but I've heard where, where nowadays it's not uncommon for brides to want whoever is to performing the wedding ceremony to leave out the word obey. Right. But why? Because there is a resistance to that. There is a resistance to that. It got a little chilly in here just talking about it. <laughs> really did. 
Because you think about obeying, we think about ruling, we think about reigning, we talk about, talk about dominion, and we're not so sure we want to succumb and submit to that. And, and sometimes we men, we men, not you men, we men, sometimes we men are, are all about that obeying, and we're all about that submission as long as it's to somebody else, but we also need to realize that God has called us to submit, and God has called us to be reigned and ruled over. Amen. Oh, yes, he has. And so we have to realize, we have to real, I realize I'm not getting any brownie points with the guys today. <laughs> Probably gonna need some bodyguards to help me get to the home. And, uh, but that's all right. We've got to have the spirit of God. We've got to be kingdom-minded and let the spirit of God have dominion and the reign and the rule of God over our lives. The kingdom of God is not limited to place, of course, not limited to people, certainly not limited to time. So, because wherever you find the reign of God, wherever you find the rule of God, that's where you find the kingdom of God. And so if God is reigning in this church today, if God is really ruling in this service today, welcome to the kingdom of God. Amen, welcome to the kingdom of God. There's an eternal purpose that's going on. <laughs> I know this is an age, age old illustration but I'm telling you that right now there are AM and FM signals and many others, but AM and FM signals that are bouncing all around in this room right now and all you'd have to have is an AM or an FM radio, transistor radio in your hand and just pull out that antenna and just start pointing and right now somebody's singing, right now somebody's talking, right now, are you hearing me? Right now a band is playing, well I don't hear it, I don't, it's cause you're not tuned into it. Right now the word of God, the spirit of God, the reign of God, hallelujah, the rule of God is in this place. Mm, mm. My, 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 the rule of God is in this place. So I gotta make sure, I gotta make sure that I get some antennas up. I gotta make sure that I tune in, hallelujah. I gotta make sure that I tune in. Now I'm gonna date myself right here. I'm gonna date myself right here. Uh, I've got an alarm clock on my side of the bed that's the old as the hills, I suppose. Got a little dial on it. On the, and I like to wake up by music. Last thing in the world I wanna do is be startled to death. <laughs> In the first, first thing in the morning, I just want little light music. I'm a light sleeper, so it doesn't take much. But, but if I move my clock around too much at all, it, it jostles it out of the station. Is jostle a word? <laughs> that's, that's hatch beneath. That's what that is. <laughs> Some of you will get that on the way home. Be careful on the way home because it's going to be raining when you get that. <clears throat> And so I gotta dial it in, dial it in. And just some nights, you know how it is around here, just some nights, just some days, because the station come in yesterday has nothing to do with today. It has nothing to do with tomorrow. And I'll just be dialing, to, trying so hard to make sure that it, I'm tuned in to the right station. And all the while I'm asking me myself, why don't you get a digital radio? <laughs> and I think it's so I could use this illustration this morning and I'll throw it away and get a digital one. But you gotta work at it, it's what I'm getting at. Sometimes it's just there, you're just, you're just so, so easy. To, it'll be crystal clear and then you move it one time and it's gone, so, oh, I gotta tune it back in. Hear me today, I'm not talking, to, just trying to talk about my miserable life and my poor old alarm clock. I'm just telling you that sometimes we gotta be so sensitive to what the Spirit is gonna speak to us today not just collectively as a body, but what 
would God speak to my heart today? And if you're not careful, somebody getting up and walking out with a baby, that'll jostle you right out of tune. If you're not careful, somebody crying out, somebody moving, somebody doing this, it'll just shake. And so you gotta work, 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 tune it back in. I wanna feel his presence. I wanna realize that the spirit of God is moving and he's trying to make me aware of the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. The kingdom of God. The first thing we need to see is that, is that the kingdom of God was, is, is what God had in mind from the very beginning. We see things, of course, from a very limited perspective. We see the here and now, obviously. We see from an earthly point of view, certainly. We see from the physical world as it is presently, absolutely. And so we have to be very, very careful that because we can only see in a limited way that that's how we fashion our lives. Because people don't think about eternity. They live their lives one day at a time. And so live and let live is their motto. And they just give it all they have because it's just here and it's just now. Some people are paid on Friday and they need to borrow gas money to get to work Monday because it's just here and now, here and now, here and now. What difference does it make? But God sees from an eternal dimension. He sees not only the physical, but he sees the spiritual as well. He sees not only the past and the present, but he sees the future as well. He sees the complete plan that he has been working out from the very beginning of time. I can't see that through my own natural eyes. So I have to pray and ask God to help me to be tuned in, tuned in, tuned in to the spirit world, the kingdom's cause. Help me to have a kingdom mindset. There's a plan that brings all things together in the kingdom of God. One day, that will all be realized in full manifestation. Isaiah offers a wealth of prophecy about the coming Messiah. He reveals that one day Jesus Christ will establish his kingdom. Let's read this together. Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Leave it there. Amen. He said, and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth and forever. Amen. There is a kingdom of God. There is a kingdom cause. Hallelujah. 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 And so I pray, oh Lord, help me to tune in to that kingdom cause. But here's the real issue that we face. Here's the real issue that we fight. And that is that every day Satan is working overtime to crowd all of that out. I mentioned this, I think, along this series somewhere, but I think in the very beginning. But the noise that we have filled our lives with, 
I'm not preaching against your iPod. I'm not preaching against your iPad. We've got all of those things ourselves. I'm not preaching against that, but I do want to challenge you with something, that if we never have any quiet time, it is the enemy's pleasure to keep something plugged in our ears, literally. It is the enemy's pleasure to keep something plugged in our ears where we can just never hear what's going on around us. Amen. Well, I felt you disconnect on me there, but I'm, I still feel that in my heart. Amen, that we, we need to turn down the noise and just have some quiet time with the Lord. I, I'm not trying to live in yesteryear and I'm not trying to sound and preach too idealistically, but I'm gonna tell you there was something going on in the hearts and the minds of people when they had a few hours at the end of the day to just sit on the porch and do nothing. Amen. God could speak. You had the privilege to meditate. You had the privilege to think about things. And you know what? If we ever do get a moment, the minute things get quiet enough around us, that's when we think of all the things that we ought to be doing. Sure. I can think of more things to do when I sit down and think, now, Lord, the next few minutes here, they're yours. To be honest with you, I sort of feel like the little man in the video we showed. I just... Kind of feel like that that's, that that's where we're headed here. We're just here. I, I've got to do this because I've got something else pressing for my attention. And you think of so many other things. And it's there alone in prayer and alone with God that I realize how difficult it is to really tune in. Tune in. And so, as I stated, the word, the word kingdom means to rule, to reign. God's kingdom is unique. It, it, it's not a human kingdom. Certainly earthly kingdoms rise and fall, but the reign of God will prevail forever. God's program involves the rule of righteousness. And, and, and when, when Pilate asked Jesus a question, he said, what kind of king are you in essence? Paraphrasing, Jesus didn't fit the perception of Pilate's idea of kings. Jesus didn't conform to the popular notion of a political ruler. And so Jesus responded by saying, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus told his followers this. Kind of sounds a little strange when you think about their concept of kings and king rule and kingdoms. But he said, the kingdom of God is within you. In the spiritual sense, we're living now in the kingdom. Both John the Baptist and Jesus began their ministries announcing that the kingdom of God had come. It is here. It is here. And so when we pray, thy kingdom come, we're asking God to advance or to expand that kingdom. Amen. Expand it where? Expand it in the hearts of people. Expand it in the minds of people. Hallelujah. In order for that to happen, we have to anticipate the day when Jesus Christ literally returns. Amen. It's the kingdom, both of the present and the future, that our mind is engaged in what God is doing. It's here and now, and one day will come in its fullness. And so the kingdom of God is really a multifaceted prayer and along these lines is how we will finish the rest of this today. The kingdom of God, when we pray, thy kingdom come, 
There's a lot of implications when we say thy kingdom come. A lot of implications. And um, I will just speak about a few of those. Thy kingdom come when we pray that. That is a, that is a prayer of evangelism and discipleship. And then in order for that to be an accurate statement, that means that I have to be and you have to be a part of the answer to this prayer. When we say thy kingdom come, if in fact that is an evangelistic endeavor, then that means I have to engage myself in what I just asked the Lord to do. We're a part of the answer to that. I say that because we have a role. We have a role in bringing the kingdom of God to completeness. Thy kingdom come is a call for God to increase his kingdom on the earth, to build the church, to grow the church, to add to the church daily such as should be saved. And so in order for that to happen, we're not sitting back with our arms folded and just say, send them on, Lord Jesus. But we have to be a part of that evangelistic endeavor to win people to Christ. Thy kingdom come. The call is to convert the hearts of unbelievers to Jesus Christ. And so as a church, we have to pray for revival. That seems like almost a worn out term. But when we pray for revival, we're not just praying for revival at home, but we're praying for a spirit of revival around the world. And how is God going to answer this prayer? He's going to have to answer that prayer through the venue of the church. (laughs) Amen. God's going to have to have some hands. Well, where is he going to get those hands? Somebody, somebody like Moses, somebody like Abraham is gonna have to lift up their hands. Somebody's gonna have to say, Lord, here's some hands. You can use them. You can can have these for your service. And so the church is a part of that. And so if, 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 if it happens, if it happens, it will only happen because the church has invested themselves in that. How are we going to propagate the gospel around the world? We're gonna do that by sending missionaries. We're gonna do that by sending men and women around the world. We're gonna do that by financing those endeavors. So we're, when, we are, when, we are, uh, when we are following after God's plan, we're investing in his plan. We're we're investing in his program. We're reaching around the world. It's not gonna happen mystically, but it's gonna happen intentionally. It's not just gonna be something that falls out of the sky. Right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. People want, people want something to just blow on them. People want something to just happen to them. It won't just happen to us. We gotta be very intentional about these things and say, Lord, here am I. Here's some hands, here's some feet, here's some lips, here's a mind, here's something that will, that will, that will work for you. And so we have to realize that that prayer is gonna be answered through the church. Thy kingdom come. Not only an evangelistic prayer, not only a prayer of evangelism and discipleship, but thy kingdom come is also a prayer of morality. When John the Baptist announced the kingdom of God is at hand, what was John saying? He said, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Get the sin out of your life. Clean up your mind, clean up your life. Amen, think 
clean up the way you're thinking, clean up the way you're living. Amen, he was calling people to repent and so if we wanna see the kingdom of God evident in our lives and I've gotta live in accordance with that. We're confronted every day, we're confronted with two choices, to either live according to the virtue of the word of God or follow the values of our culture and hear me when I say it, our culture doesn't have many values. There's not many values left, and so we're called on. I'm either gonna live after the virtue of God or I'm gonna live after the value of the culture in which we live. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm not being unkind when I tell you, but I, tell, I do say this morning, as fervently as I could possibly speak it, I don't want Hollywood setting the agenda for the kingdom of God, for this church, for our youth, for our married couples, for our families. I, I don't want the agenda. I don't want the agenda that's going on in the darkness of this world to set the pace for you and I today. The church shouldn't be following after signs, but the signs are to follow the church. Amen, and so I say that to say this, that, that the church shouldn't be following after trends and fashions and fashions, but the church ought to be that that's leaving the footprint for the world to follow. Yes, 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 why? Because there's a kingdom cause, there's a kingdom purpose. <laughs> my, 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 my. Paul describes the kingdom of God as righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so by asking for the kingdom to come, we're asking God to make us holy. If the kingdom is within us, then that means we're children of the king. We can't pray thy kingdom come if we're living like we're not children. We can't honestly pray for his ruler over our lives unless we really want him to rule over our lives. Thy kingdom comes means that we are under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad you know him? Praise God. Praise God. The kingdom, thy kingdom come is also a prayer of prophecy. I read this quote many years ago, but it has challenged my heart through the years. Someone said, Holy Ghost filled men and women see farther on their knees than theorists see on their tiptoes. History is headed to a culmination. There is a kingdom conclusion. The Lord is coming, ladies and gentlemen. He is coming. And so we place our trust in, in divine providence because he is returning. No one knows exactly how or when this will play out. But one thing we know for sure, God is in control. And so in the meantime, I'm to be watchful and spiritually prepared. We are to be occupied with fulfilling the great commission of making disciples of all nations. Praise God. Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand today? Amen. I'm going to end here. We'll pick up uh, just a little bit of a remainder in the second service, but let's pray for the Spirit of the Lord to touch us. Can we do that? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. 
Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.